Hey folks, thanks for joining us this morning at uh, Liberty Grace Online. I hope that uh, you're having a pleasant week. And as we think about being on our way to hope over the next few weeks, I hope that this encourages your heart and, and strengthens you uh, for what it is that, that we've been going through as a, as a country, as a world. And as we kind of put it into some perspective. So, uh, we're going to start again with Romans chapter 5 again today, Romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 6. And I want you to again picture with me as we think about suffering that leads to perseverance, that perseverance leads to character and character then hope and hope does not disappoint us. It's an opportunity for us to to deal with our situations and our circumstances in a fallen world with hope. And how do we introduce hope to that situation? How do we see it and feel it and, and become part of what God is doing in our world? Romans chapter 5, 1 through 6 says this, that therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through his Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And you see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Because... We know the finished work of Jesus because we get to understand justification by faith. We've been declared righteous in God's sight because of Jesus. We can hope and hope even in suffering. Jesus walks with us into perseverance as we as we understand that from last week, that there's going to be suffering in our world because it's a broken world. Sin has changed the way in which we interact with each other and all the things in this in this world. And as we progress through it with Jesus by our side, we walk into perseverance out of our sufferings and we find a way even to glory in our sufferings because we know that it's developing perseverance like Jesus. As we understood his suffering servant illustration in Isaiah 53 from last week, that he would be a man that would be acquainted with suffering and grief. This week, I want to look at that word perseverance together. And what does it mean for believers? And, and it's throughout scripture all over the place to persevere, to, to stick it out, to be, to be faithful and hopeful in all of these situations that we encounter, whether we're suffering or whether it's a good time to, to, to do those things together. James chapter one is the first uh, place that I want to reference. So James chapter one, verses two through four. This is the link between the two. Consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, 
because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. There is supposed to be a joy when we face trials knowing that there's something that is going on, so that God is working in us, right? To consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kind, because you know that it's testing your faith. Without the testing of our faith, without going through things that are difficult, how would you know that your faith is there? How would you know what it looks like? How would you know the depth of it without really putting it to the test, without stepping out and saying in faith, I'm going to trust God with this circumstance? How do you know what faith looks like? How do you know where your faith is? The testing of your faith then produces perseverance. So faith through perseverance Faith through that trial equals perseverance. When we strengthen and exercise our faith, when we flex our faith in uncomfortable situations, when we persevere through the things that happen in this world, because we know that God has something more for us on the other side, then we are strengthening our perseverance that we would consider it joy to face trials of many kinds, to test our faith and produce perseverance out of that time. It's something that is a product of going through trials faithfully to execute things that are suffering in nature faithfully will lead you to a strengthened perseverance to get through things the next time. It's just like going for a short run and then the next time you, you, you go a little further and you go a little further and you go a little further. Just like this hike that we've talked about, you're building up your stamina to go through things. You're going to suffer loss in this world. There's things that will break, but your perseverance continues to grow in its breadth and its depth and you you handle things better the more you develop your faith and as you develop your faith through trials you persevere through them in a totally different way perseverance results in a couple of things first of all stronger and more more clearly defined faith so the results of perseverance you have a stronger and more clearly defined faith. You, you take your faith and you put it out there and you stretch it out and, and you identify what it really is that you have faith in. And the second part of this, it says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. There's a maturity. There's, there's this link to, it's, it's amazing how scripture just overlaps itself in so many places because what he's saying here is that, that your testing of your faith through trials brings suffering, right? To perseverance. And when you exercise perseverance and perseverance finishes its work, your character is developed. You're mature. 
you develop a level of maturity that you didn't have before. In, in the way of speaking for me, I looked at it this way this week. As I am going through these trials and I'm testing my faith and I'm stretching my perseverance and growing in these things, and I'm developing my character through the perseverance of suffering and, and, and developing my faith, it boils down to learning the things through those circumstances that maybe I wish I could tell my 16-year-old self, right? That as I mature and I grow, I'm never going to get to this place where I'm not lacking anything in this world. But someday I won't lack anything because I'll be made perfect in the sight of Jesus. But as I go through this world and I go from suffering into perseverance and my character is developed and then I send, I ascend to hope and I get to spend time there being thankful for all that God has done. I, I embrace that character development. I think these are the things I wish I could have told myself years ago, but this was how God had it planned. That my life is in his hands. That, that I am growing and maturing, that I'm facing these trials with joy now, that I have hope even in my trials because I've learned what it means to persevere because my character has changed. The secret to perseverance in, in my mind, the secret today, the thing that I, that I really want to focus on a bit is actually out of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If you'll flip over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 9, there's, there's a piece here that we need to understand more clearly today than maybe even we did a year ago. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side, not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. There's a lesson to be had here in perseverance, a, a couple of things that I think are really critical. First of all, that we are jars of clay. We are these created beings that, that are fragile. That God has created us with that as part of our nature. And it's our desire a lot of times to protect ourselves, to keep ourselves safe, to, to, to not endanger the vessel, right? But the first thing we need to learn is that we didn't create the vessel. We didn't create this jar of clay. We are created for a purpose and, and our fragility is part of our nature because we need to be protected by someone else. We don't create the vessel and we don't protect the vessel. It's not up to us to do those things. But to have faith, right, as we go through trials, have joy, and as we persevere, because the all-surpassing power that protects us, that created us, is from God. It's not from us. That all-surpassing power is from God. 
if you think about us being that vessel that needs protected and and the way that the writer here of Second Corinthians puts it in, in such clear verbiage, a couple of different descriptors that, that are used. The world really can't take anything from us because we belong to the God of eternity. The world can't destroy us, right? That's what the first one says here. We will be hard pressed on every side. There's going to be pressure at times. There's going to be stress. There's going to be anxiety. But we also have the ability to release that, right? We've been given the opportunity to pray and to lay that stuff at Jesus's feet. We can be pressured, but not crushed. We can be forced and feel this pressure, but we don't have to be crushed by the weight of it. We've been given a way out from underneath it through the blood of Jesus. Perplexed, but not in despair. We can be lost. We can be perplexed. We can be confused. We can be all of those things that we struggle with inside of our nature, but we don't have to be in despair. We don't have to understand that that we don't have purpose, right? We don't have to get to that place. We don't have to be in such despair that we've lost the sense of purpose for what it is that we do. We are perplexed, confused, lost, disoriented sometimes, but Never be in despair. Never let it get to the place where you forget that your purpose is to praise Jesus. That everything we do, we get to do for him. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Sometimes we might be mocked for our beliefs. We might be, we might be cast aside to the fringes of our society. We will be mocked, but we are never alone. We may be persecuted. We may be made fun of, but we are never abandoned. That's what the scriptures tell us. We persecuted, but not abandoned. That goes back to what we talked about last week and the beginning of this sermon. That we have Jesus that has walked through persecution and suffering as a guide, and he will be there with you through it today. That we have that confidence that we can be mocked, but we are not alone. We'll be struck down, but not destroyed is the last one. We may lose a battle, right? We may get struck down. We may feel defeated. We may get beat up along the way, but we know that we're not going to be destroyed, that that cannot be taken from us because we know even if we lose the battle, we know who's won the war. And it's up to us to continue to focus on that hope that as we are on our way through suffering, as we lift our gaze through perseverance and on to character and up to hope. And that hope, that destination is what gets us through all of those things together. We can be hard pressed on every side, but not crushed 
perplexed but not in despair, persecuted, not abandoned, and struck down and not destroyed. We are not the first to, to have gone through this. We are not the first. There have been many faithful men and women that have persevered ahead of us. We read their stories all through the word of God. People that have persevered way harder situations that have gone through longer time frames that, that we could ever even understand. They have persevered and have, have laid it out ahead of us. And in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 we get to reflect on that a little bit. This is a passage that we've used in the past. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. As we wrap this up and think about what it means to be on the way to hope. I want you to look around you. I want you to, to, if you're sitting at home alone, I get it. Look around you though to the body of Christ, those, those friends and family that you know and that you have and that you hold dear. And I want you to think about this great cloud of witnesses. I want you to think about those men and women that throughout history have gone before you through this. The fact that there have been thousands of years of people telling others about Jesus. I want you to think specifically about a man or a woman or someone from your past that really made an impact in you. That, that you watched them go through something that was such a struggle. That you saw them endure and their faith is what guided them. That they understood as they faced it that they knew Jesus had it under control that they could face their trials with joy because they wanted perseverance to finish the work. I want you to think about that person. I want you to think about what endeared you to them, what encouraged you about their nature. And I want you to, to run the race with perseverance that is marked out for us. I want you to, to run the race with perseverance that's marked out for you. Whatever that race looks like, that you run it with perseverance, that you don't quit, that you don't give up. And finally, 
I want you to take the, the advice here to fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorned its shame, sat down at the right hand of God. I want you to consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That you would really believe and understand that Jesus walked this road ahead of you and is with you and will be behind you. That he is all around us on this journey. That our hope is based on something outside of this world that he has already done, that he has set up for us in eternity at the right hand of God. And don't lose heart. John Piper has a quote that I want to read as I, as I close. This one is something that struck me a couple of years ago and I wrote it down and I've read it periodically through this moment in history because I've needed to be reminded of this myself. There have been times when I've grieved things and this has been helpful to me. Occasionally, weep deeply over the life you hoped for. Grieve the losses, feel that pain, then wash your face, trust God, and embrace the life you have. If you're listening today and you understand that, that by the benefit of God's grace, you've been given another day. I ask you to think about this. Weep over one of the things that you've lost this year. Some of the grief that you have endured. Then go wash your face. Put your trust back in God. And embrace. Put your arms around Commit to the life that you actually have been given and invest it in the future for someone else's benefit. Father, thank you for your grace, for your mercy. Lord, I pray that you would continue to guide us and direct us, that you would give us grace to to deal with the suffering and the struggles that we have. But also, Lord, we know you give us an abundance of grace to deal with other people's sufferings, that we get to give it out, that we get to be graceful and gracious in other people's lives. I pray that we would do that. But that as we run this race of perseverance, that we would throw off those things that entangle us, that we would fix our eyes on you, Jesus and that we would just keep running together. Lord, thank you for loving us so much, for being gracious to us. In Jesus' name, amen.